Welcome to the Stay Hot Podcast. This is your host, Patrick Kelch. Well, welcome to the sixth edition of the 10th Region Preview. And on tonight's podcast, we have the Robertson County Black Devils head coach, Aaron Massey. Coach Massey, a longtime Mount Oliver resident who's already served one stint as the head coach at Deming and now starting his second stint. He coming in replacing seven seniors off an all-A championship and back-to-back district champions. Uh, coach Massey, thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me, Coach. Um, we know at small class eight schools, anytime you lose a graduating class of seven, um, it's hard to replace. Whether they were all-state players or just great kids who were very instrumental and important within the school culture, as these kids were, it's just tough to replace seven good kids. Absolutely, and they uh, first and foremost, they were great kids, and uh, you know, uh, just uh, losing, uh, losing, having them there every day and being around them for like what four or five years, uh, you uh, you get very close to them. You build tight bonds and relationships, and uh, that's difficult to overcome. And then, talked about it from a basketball standpoint. Obviously, it is uh, difficult to overcome when you lose uh, the talent that we had, and it made uh, practices competitive. Uh, it, they were, you know, every one of them were fighting for playing time. And then when uh, it made each other better and ready for games. So, you know, it is a big loss. And, you know, one thing we talk about is healthy competition. And as you mentioned in practice every day, you were able to compete against guys that were competing for your spot, which ultimately made both both, both players better. Um, average 76.5 points per game last year, losing 49 to that to graduation. However, you do return Josh Pulaski, who's using the supplemental year due to COVID. So I expect Josh to come back and be a big help. Um, then you got Justin Becker, who's the 10th region player of the year in back-to-back seasons, coming in for his senior season, who averaged 26.3 points per game. We're going to talk about those a little bit more as we go on. We talked about replacing seven seniors, Okay. But at a Class A school, how do you replace a legend as coach? Well, I was getting ready to say before you said that, uh, I've got big shoes to fill. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I'll put it this way. You know, I finally, I've learned to say uh, that you never say never because when people ask me when I got out of coaching if I'd ever get back in again, I said, no, it's something I did. I enjoyed it, but I'll never be back on the sideline until you, I don't know what the, what the word is, but you finagle me back into it a few years back. But, uh, no, I, w- I would put you in that legend status. I mean, uh, 96 wins, uh, two All-A championships, back-to-back district championships. Uh, one thing that uh, I always was proud of in that five years, every year we won some f- type of a tournament or something. So, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be easy. It, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. Well, for those listening at home, that was a complete joke. Uh, Coach Massey filled in to me last year uh, when I had some health issues, finished the last part of the season was very instrumental in us winning back-to-back district champions. He did coaching the last four or five regular season games, coached the district tournament, um, did a remarkable job, um, also filled in in the regional tournament, lost a tight game to Montgomery County, which was a well-played game from both parts. Um, let's talk about, you know, at Robertson County, most people feel like this is the district they want to be in. Um, you got a district with Robertson, Nicholas, Pendleton, and Harrison, um, I feel like there's a lot of parity in the 38th district. I've already talked to Coach Ellsburn. I've already talked to Coach Wrights. They both feel like there's a lot of parity in 38th. Um, one thing um, that they mentioned was, you know, I look at Harris County going into the season for what they return and um, some of the younger talent they have probably now being varsity ready. You know, I was ready to concede them the number one seed going into the preseason. Coach Ellsburn and Coach Wrights were both quick to remind me that, you know, Harrison County has lost regular season games the last couple of years. So um, maybe they're not as um, a definitive number one as I once thought. But talk about the parity in the 38th. You know, although we lose seven players, we still have a very good chance here at Robertson County to, you know, compete in the district tournament. Uh, when you look at the, the four districts in the region, you look at uh, all of them. I think when you look at the 38th, it would be the, the most uh, balanced of any of them. Uh, you know, you look at the 40th district, obviously you got Clark County, and then you would probably put Montgomery County, and then you would put Paris and Bourbon below them. Uh, you could say it about Mason County uh, with Bracken and uh, Augusta nipping at their toes. Uh, then you look at the uh, 37th, you always have to, you know, you can't count out Eric Russell and Campbell County and uh, Scott, but then you got Calvary and Brostrich, you know, trying to get back up uh, against those guys. So when you look at it, I think this district here is uh, the most balanced. 
Uh, I'll have to go right now. If you were asking me to, if I had to pick right now, I would put Harrison in the one spot. But then when you look at two, three, and four uh, between us, Pendleton and Nicholas, it could be anybody's game. I feel like, uh, you know, and I'm not even going to throw ourselves out of the, the one spot. I feel like, you know, we could very well be the the one seed going into the district tournament. We could very well be the four seed. Uh, I, I just told Evan Dennison a little bit ago, I could see us going anywhere from five and one in the district to three and three. And it just depends on the given nights. And what you said earlier, Nicholas County has had success against Harrison County. Uh, Pendleton County has had success against Harrison. We've had success against Harrison here lately in the regular season. So, you know, you 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 throw it up any given night in the 38th district, uh, the seating could, uh, you know, bounce around two or three different times who's on that top spot. And you basically said the same thing they said. You know, Coach Wrights and Coach Ellsworth both mentioned you know, we feel like we could be five and one on Monday. You asked me on Tuesday, we could be three and three. Wednesday, we may even be two and four. But with the 38th district, um, it's parity in my eyes is a good way to describe it. And you know as well as I do, there's no difference between the two and the three. Right. Other than maybe, you know, well, last year, COVID, it determined where you played the game. But this year with, uh, I think, Pendleton County hosting the district tournament, all the games will be at Pendleton County. There's really no difference between the two and three for Robertson County because, you you know, you're going to be playing at Pendleton County whether you're two or whether you're the three. Right. You just obviously, you know, you want the one but try to avoid the four. But in this case where there's a lot of parity, the four is not a pushover. No. No matter if you're the four, if Nicholas is the four, if uh, Pendleton or Harrison County is the four, there's no walkovers. And um, and we'll talk about the schedule as it goes along because I think you've put together a very a very good schedule for Robertson County. But I want to talk about, you know, Justin Becker. Justin's a kid who um, we see him every day in the hallways. Um we see the kind of kid he is. You know, just the other day I saw him, saw him bending over time to kindergartner's shoes. I've seen him carry preschoolers to their classroom. As great as a basketball player as Justin Becker is, I would put him up in the category of a great person as well. Very humble. Um, I have him every day in my class second period. We talk basketball. You would know by talking to him that he's the back-to-back 10th Region Coaches Association Player of the Year. Um, talk about Justin and, you know, this year's a little bit different for him. You know, as a sophomore, he had a large class of juniors and even his brother as a senior that were leaders. Then last year, he may have been the player that led by example or the leader on the floor, but he had older guys who kind of took the reins. This year, Justin is the older guy. And it's kind of hard to believe when he's been on your team since sixth grade, seventh right. grade, that, you know, he is the older guy now. He is the leader. Talk about him as a leader and maybe – an with that being an area that he's probably improved in? Well, first of all, I'll just put it this way. You know, if you got to go into the lab and to design and build your perfect basketball player that you wanted, Justin Becker would fit that. Like you said, uh, his his game speaks for himself. He's not flashy. He just goes out there and gets the job done. But then, like you said, what I'm more proud of is the, the person he is off the floor. First class kid, uh, do anything, got a heart of gold, and uh, he's uh, just – He's an absolute joy to have around. He's a blessing to have around. Uh, from a basketball standpoint, like you said, Justin this year has really uh, – he's grown in a basketball leadership role. Uh, you know, after Justin and Joshua, nobody else has any varsity experience. And uh, Justin has uh, – you know, he's taken that leadership role on. Uh, in practice, he's a leader. He'll stop. You know, if we, if we have a, a break in between plays or something, uh, he'll – Grab the younger guy and say, hey, you know, on this, here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to, to make that cut. Here's how you need to make that screen. You know, uh, here's how you need to talk on defense. So he is uh, he he leads by example, and uh, he's just the type of guy that you want leading your basketball team. And, you know, I can't speak enough about him. You know, a joy to coach the last five, six seasons in practice, out of practice. Um, one kid that would, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve. He takes – he takes every game seriously. It don't matter if you're favorite 20, you're the underdog. He approaches the same way. And I even said after a sophomore junior season when he had such a great year, I even said, I'm not so sure he can improve. He's already a daggone good high school basketball player. What can he do to improve? Well, his junior year, he got better in every facet of the game. I think his on-ball defense got better. I think his off-ball defense got better. I think he developed some vocal 
you know, leadership on the floor. I think he was the guy that wanted to take the last shot, even though he had seniors on the team. Right. He was willing to step up and make the tough plays. Um, his work ethic in the weight room. I mean, I know here um, and, you know, people at home that follow on social media know we do something called the Black Devil Boot Camp, where a lot of our success the last four years we need to attribute to Brent Slusher and all the hard work he's put in because – these guys didn't know what weight room were, what a weight room was, how to work out. Justin will now tell he tells me that he works out, you know, maybe does two a days on days that Brent's coming. So I didn't think it was possible that uh, Justin could improve his game, but he proved me wrong every year. He continues to get better. And the reason why I think he improves is because of his work ethic. Uh, you know, you'll hear a lot of coaches talk about players. Oh, he's got a great work ethic. He's they'll do this. I'll put Justin Becker against any player in the state of Kentucky on work ethic. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Most people know he dates my daughter. And he'll be at my house on a Friday night, 8 or 8.30, and he'll get up and say, well, I'll see you all later. So where are you going? It's only 8.30. I'm going up to the gym, either putting shots up or he's going to the weight room to lift. Saturday morning, Sundays. I mean, the kid, is he's nonstop. I've even a few times tried to get him to back off. Say, hey, give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. He can't do it. But that work ethic is something that has helped make him uh, better, makes him improve, and that work ethic rubs off on the other guys too. And that's what I was going to say. When you have, when you know, I remember Larry Bird, you know, as a player, and by no means I don't want people to think I'm comparing Justin to Larry Bird, but there are a lot of similarities between the two. And I think Red Arbach said one time, when your best player is also your hardest worker, you have something special. Right. And Justin is something special. We've known for a long time. I mean, I had the pleasure to coach him his eighth grade season and watch him drop 70 in a middle school game. I mean, when you got five-minute quarters, he's dropping 70 in a middle school game. So, I mean, we know his work ethic is impressive. But I want to talk about you were able to go on the trip with him, the college visit to Thomas Moore. Um, Justin decided to commit to Thomas Moore before his senior season. Talk about – that commitment. I know you had those discussions with Justin. I know you were on that visit. Tell us about why he chose to commit before a senior season. And what about Thomas Moore? Do you feel like made him say, Hey, that's where I want to continue my athletic career. Uh, the big thing was Justin, he, he conveyed to me that he wanted to make the decision before the season started. He said, I just want to be able to enjoy my senior year. And I said, you know, I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. And he said, I want to get everything out of the way. Uh, he went down in August to uh, Thomas Moore, met with coach Ray and his assistant, and uh, they gave him the tour of the campus, the facilities, the locker room. Uh, even had already a mock locker room made up with Justin Becker from Mount Olivet, Kentucky. Had pictures on the, the video boards and uh, just, you know, made him feel special, made him feel a part of it. And uh, Justin, uh, you know, some people uh, may think he jumped in quick, but Justin thought it through. He sat down with his parents and his, and his family and I think uh, Justin made a decision that was uh, best for he and his family. Uh, Justin rode back home with me that day, and I talked to him. I said, all right, you know, you've you've got some D1 schools looking at you and and showing interest. I said, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to maybe a bigger school where you maybe have to to sit a freshman, maybe sophomore year, and get limited playing time and look for your junior and senior year? Or do you want to go somewhere where you can play right away? And he said he wanted to go somewhere where he could play right away. And – Thomas Moore, it's the first time I'd ever been on their campus. I was really impressed with it. It's small, and I think it uh, that benefits Justin. And then he has family right within five minutes of campus. And uh, plus two, his mom and dad, you know, people from the Roscan community, 45 minutes to an hour, they can be there at Thomas Moore to watch him play. So I think that played a big part into it as well. But uh, I think uh, Justin made a, a great decision. I think uh, it's going to be a good fit for him. I think uh, – uh, one of the things Coach uh, Ray was really imp- uh, impressed with was his work ethic, and uh, Justin's already been out there a couple times, watched some games, and uh, I think it was a good fit for everybody. I think uh, Thomas Moore got him a steal, and I think it'll be a great place for Justin. And one of the things I think will be beneficial for Justin is that uh, over the next couple of years, he'll be able to practice against and work uh, against uh, Reed Jolly. And, and I think Justin is a Reed Jolly type of player. And I was going to mention that, so I'm glad you did. And um, the one thing about Justin, too, is um, 
his family is very important to him. Yes. Um, I don't know how many times I look up in the stands, you know, when we went to Benton or we go, you know, three hours away to play a basketball game and he's got strong family support. So I know playing close to home was big in his mind for his family to be there. And the one thing I don't think Thomas Moore's prepared for or ready for is the amount of all the contingency to attend a lot of home games. Um, I'm sure their attendance will go up at every home game. He's got a lot of, uh, support here besides family right. you know when you're a good kid like him and been a part of the community for a long time you know people flock to justin his personality and you know he's one that they're probably going to support all four years of thomas moore and you know i was real impressed with coach ray when i talked to him right. when he came to a signing it, um i felt like coach ray had a plan he had mm -hmm. a vision he knew how he wanted to use justin and the one thing he said was I've got a 10th region guy right now in Reed Jolly that I feel Justin can learn from. And we all know how good Reed was, Absolutely. what kind of winner he was. Right. So Justin's kind of blessed in that situation to where he can go on campus and learn from somebody who's familiar with where he's coming right. from. And two things on that. Uh, one, I did tell Coach Ray, I said, if Justin does sign with you, I said, expect probably 50 or 60 fans a game that will come watch you play. And Coach uh, Ray kind of thought I was joking. But then he soon found out that I was being serious about it. The second thing, uh, I think Reed Jolly kind of opened the door for 10th region basketball. And Justin's there now. And, you know, of course, Campbell County is what we would say northern Kentucky. Getting Justin to go to Thomas Moore from here, I think. And Coach Ray actually said he's wanting to start recruiting more in the 10th region and getting deeper into the 10th. And, you know, I think this is going to benefit other kids in the future that, you know, could go ahead and play at Thomas Moore. So I think this is opening up an avenue for a lot of different kids in this area. Well, kudos to Coach Ray for saying that because I feel like, and, you know, I'm biased, I'm not going to lie, but I feel like there's a lot of great talent in the 10th region that never gets the opportunity to play college basketball because I feel like they'd rather go to somewhere larger, say, i.e. Louisville or i.e. Lexington, and pick those guys who may be a little bit more athletic but right. may, may not be as good of basketball players. Right. And I think the 10th region coaches, I think we have a strong coaching um, background in the 10th. I think all the coaches produce and develop great players. And I want to see more kids get the opportunity right. to play college basketball from the 10th. So, And I know Justin will be one that will be happy to have more 10th region guys with him at Thomas Moore. Right. Um, but the one thing, you know, last thing I want to talk about Justin, because I don't want to make this whole thing about Justin, because you and I both know he's such a great kid. We could talk for three hours about everything he's done. But his signing stuck out to me on just how well-liked he is. We had other coaches, yeah, opposition coaches, yeah. Coach Reed in, in and the, some of his in, players, yes, which I know yeah. Coach Reed and, and Justin and his family have a strong bond from the AAU days. But right. just to know that Justin left that kind of impact – on right. opposing coaches who probably stay up at night trying to game plan to stopping still come and support. Right. So kudos to Coach Reed and his players and everybody else that assigned. That's probably, you know, during COVID, you know, of course, you know, we follow the mask rules and everything like that. But we had probably 40, 50 people yeah. here at a signing. Yeah, we did it outside because of the COVID issues. But, yeah, uh, Coach Reed, you know, his number one priority when he sees Robs County when we plays them shut Justin Becker down, but he was here to celebrate Justin and his success. Uh, Blake and Caden were here, I believe Deshaun was here. So, you know, uh, I think Devonte Jefferson yeah, even Devontae, came. So, you know, uh, enemies on the court, but you know, uh, got a close com camaraderie off the floor. And that, that was great to see, uh, see them here for Justin's big day. And I think honestly, that's what we want in the 10th region. Right. You know, we want, you know, I want to compete between the lines. Absolutely. You know, think of the coaching, you know, a lot of these coaching guys in the 10th played in the 10th. We're probably growing up, knowing each other, been acquaintances and friends, but when we're between the lines, I want to compete. I want to battle. Right. I want to make each other better. Then once it's over, you hug, congratulate and go on. But, um, all right. Um, let's talk about, you know, you lose 49 points to graduation out of a 76.5 points per game team. Now, 49 almost out of 80, it's more than half. Um, and you lose quality players. You lose Brandon Dice. You lose Sebastian Dixon, Eli Dotson, Landon and Carter Jefferson, who, you know, played behind a lot of guys but were very supportive of their teammates, are good, two good, great kids that we're going to miss at Robertson County. Uh, Tanner Horn, who really showed out last year, averaging double figures, had several games of 10-plus uh, more rebounds. Actually, I think he's top five in the state in field goal percentage. Yeah. Um, Tanner shot good shots, and when he shot good shots, he made good shots. And then Trey Allen, who may be out of all these guys, maybe the best teammate. 
Absolutely. Trey knew coming in that he wasn't going to get a lot of minutes, but he was the best water boy we had. Cheerleader. Uh, encouraging yeah. cheerleader. And one thing Trey can take away from him in four years, he can take away the fact that he's back-to-back district champions and won two All-A's. So, um, that's, that's you know, we talked about losing those guys and how hard they are to replace. But with 49 points lost to graduation, when normally we like to play up and down the floor, get right. up down, rebounds, make two passes, sideline break, and score. How does that change things this year? Uh, we still want to get up and down the floor. Uh, I'll, I'll put, kind of put it this way. I think it'll be a little more modified. But if we can get the chance to get out and get up and push it up the floor and uh, score in transition, that's what we're going to do. Uh, I've always said uh, the best offense is no offense. Get the ball out and go with it. Uh, and we still got the guys to do it. Uh, one of the things that I mean, you we've sat and talked about, and you know, a lot of the preseason rankings and all usually has us play about another number eleven or number twelve, and that that's completely fine with me. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people have written us off this year after losing that many guys and, and the caliber of guys we lost. But the big thing is, you know, when you still have a player of the caliber of Justin Becker and you put guys with them, and the, the guys that are going to be with him, they can play. They, they got some ability got some talent. So I think uh, we're kind of going to be a, a sleeper this year. And uh, quite frankly, I like that position that we're going to be in. Well, and I just want to make a – point out and maybe a little biased here but the stay hot podcast ranks you 10th um and i feel like as the season goes along you know i think you can correct you know you can crack that top 10 as i think there are a lot of uh, other teams as well who can um move up move down or whatever and that season will play out as it does but um well i'll just say you know the past couple of years me and you both preached to the teams district champions all a champions that, that was our two goals for the year it was that way last year. It's no different this year. We still feel like we got a good shot of uh, getting that third district title, and we feel like we got a good shot of, uh, you know, that we can get to the All-A finals. And when you get to that final game, anything can happen. Uh, is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. But uh, that, that's our goals, and that's what uh, we're setting out to achieve. Well, and, you know, in the past, you know, you set goals, you work to achieve those. Every guy that you have returned in the play minutes was a part of those teams. You know, they they saw what it took to be district champions. They saw the hard work, the preparation that it took to be Class A champions. And not only to do, you know, each one once, we also, you know, did it twice. And they were a part of that. They right. saw that. And they don't want to be the team that can't carry yeah. on that. So there's a lot of things that they bring back. And I'm going to have you talk about each one of those and what you feel they bring to your offense, your defense, whatever. So, you know, we talked about Justin. We know – that there may be some nights you need him to score 30-plus, you know, but Justin is a very unselfish player. He will get others involved. I know there were times last year they teams put three on him, and I'm telling him, get the shot up, and he's like, coach, they're open, and he always made the right play. But he returns a guy who's played in some of the toughest games we've had in Josh Plosky. Josh was very key in hitting big shots the last – four or five years. I know he played in the All-A State game with West Carter this year and played fairly well. In the district tournaments, the Class A tournaments, the regional tournaments, he's played in those big games. And I think it was very big for you and your season to have him come back to help Justin his senior year. Uh, you know, I mean, you've talked about Josh probably has the best basketball IQ of any kid I've ever been associated with playing basketball. And he's basically a coach on the floor. And even in practice this year, we'll be working on stuff and well, we'll we'll do a play. We'll run the offense. We'll score on it. And he'll come over. And he goes, you know, I know we score, but you know, if we if we do this or if we maybe uh, have this guy slip here or there, we might be able to get an easier basket. Josh knows the game. Uh, Josh comes in. He averaged four point two a game last year. Uh, he broke the starting lineup last year. He finally he cracked the starting five. But uh, we know Josh didn't have the season that he hoped for last year. He didn't shoot the ball as well as he can. And I'll be quite honest, I think this year Josh is going to have a breakout season. And uh, that's going to be the thing. You know, I think a lot of people are going to come in with game plans focused on, you know, stopping Justin. You better have a game plan to be able to stop Josh Pulaski because he's not just a spot shooter. He used to be, you know, he'd stay out there, spot up, shoot. Josh can get to the basket. Josh knows how to score. And Josh is very good at using his body around the rim. And part of that's his IQ. He knows how to use his body to shield the defender to get the shot. Um, and I'll be honest with you, you know, when it, you said it, 
He didn't have the season we had hoped for. He didn't have the season last year that he had hoped for. But we still know Josh has the ability to knock down open shots. Right. His jump shot and three-point shot is as pure as you know anybody I've seen. Um, and I think there was at times last year where Josh lost his confidence and he passed up some open shots because he hadn't hit them. Right. You know, I look. You know, I want Josh to have the confidence we have in him. Right. You have in him as a coach. Um, talk about Brady Boyd. Brady was one that. Um, I'm not going to lie. I saw Brady play once this summer um, over at Mason County, and Brady was impressive. He knocked down open shots. He worked his butt off. He rebounded. I mean, he's one of those guys that's going to dive on the floor. He's just a good guy to have on the floor. Right. Uh, Brady's going to be one of them guys that I think the, the Robs came faithful. They're going to be pleasantly surprised in. Uh, Brady came to us two years ago from uh, – Dunbar. Brady hadn't played basketball since he had been here previously in like the fifth or sixth grade. So he he missed, you know, what we would say those formative years in middle school and uh, he didn't play. So, you know, the past two years, he's just trying to, to get back into the rhythm of it. And uh, he did. He had a great summer and I've been really impressed with him so far this preseason. Uh, Brady's got soft hands. I mean, if, you, if the ball's anywhere around, if you make a pass to him, he's going to catch it. He's got some nice moves around the basket. Uh, he can rebound. He's worked very hard this year in the weight room. He's uh, put on some uh, muscle. Uh, he's not an easy guy to move around. So uh, I'm looking for big things from him. Brady, I'll be quite honest with you, Coach, he could average 10 or 12 points a game, just what I call garbage, you know, getting the rebound and putting it back in. Well, and I know Brady, um, the one thing that impressed me about him the most is you mentioned his moves around the basket, but his footwork to get himself in position. And I know we ran a play last year, you know, where there was a kind of a pick and roll in the middle of the floor with uh, Justin and, you know, whoever we right. ran it with Josh, um, whatever pick and roll. Um, but Tanner could run it with him. And I think I saw this year maybe at Grant County where they ran a pick and roll in the middle of the floor and Brady, you know, set a good screen, rolled, Justin hit him, laid it in. But he was also able to make the pass to Justin on the roll. Like, Brady's got a pretty high basketball IQ he does. as well. I was going to say, Brady's got a good basketball IQ as well. He knows. Uh, and uh, one of the things I, I do like about this group, especially with the guys we talked about and uh, Carson, uh, Gay, that we'll talk about here in just a second, is, uh, you know, so if the play breaks down, they they know that it just doesn't fold and stop and they freeze. They they know they can slip or uh, set a back screen or whatever. And it's I think it comes from their basketball IQ that they have. They do, and um, they you know one thing that kind of impressed me when I got a chance to watch them play is because you got to remember before this summer Carson Brady um, we'll talk about Noah and Jacob a little bit here too. Um, their varsity experience was nil. It's, it's nil, exactly. Very few games that they get right. in that were meaningful. Right. You know, when you got eight seniors, you know, and you're kind of down on the list, it's kind of hard to get meaningful games. And when I say meaningful games, I'm talking about close games in a situation where they're tested. Right. You know, where, you know, normally in that situation you put them in, you may be up 20, down 20, whatever, then there's really no pressure. Well, Coach, we played 18 games this summer. And from the game one to game 18 – the growth that I saw was uh, it, it made me feel good going into uh, the summer break when we took a little bit of a break before we came back and started working out. But uh, the, the first uh, game, you know, you see a lot of stuff. Said, Man, we got a lot of stuff we're going to have to work on. And we still do. Don't get me right. wrong. But uh, from game one to game 18 this summer, just the growth that those guys had, the confidence that started growing in them. And, uh, you know, even though you play a lot of JV ball, you just step up the varsity again, the speed, the strength. It's completely different. So those guys were getting used to that this summer. Uh, we came back in uh, first few practices looked awful rough when we came back uh, here early on. But as we've each practice, I've seen us getting better. And uh, one of the things I think right now, our guys are tired of each other. They're ready to uh, look at some different. So you know, actually tonight we got a scrimmage. So I'm anxious to see where I think it's going to show us a lot tonight and see where we stand. Right, and you know. People or kids, when I say people, I mean kids or high school athletes, don't realize exactly what you just said. The main difference from JV to varsity isn't talent. No. It isn't your skill level. The main difference is the speed of the game. The main difference is the strength of the opposing players because as a freshman, sophomore, you're now going against seniors. And it's the or, same thing for coaches, too. Uh, you know, you coach, you coach middle school. I coached middle school early on, then moved up to start coaching varsity. Oh, my gosh. It was just like a whirlwind. 
And I think, you know, so it's the same for the kids too. Well, and to be honest, um, the games they got this summer is really the only varsity experience they had. Right. All right, let's talk about Carson Gay. Carson is um, a guy who, you know, the last couple of years I felt like got better every day in practice playing against um, older guys, maybe more talented, more skilled guys. Carson really had to bring his A game every day. And Carson showed at times against those guys he could knock down big shots. Well, you know, uh, while well, I was over at Bath County, hit 10 in the JV game. Hit 10, 10 threes. threes in a JV game. Right. And I don't care who you are, you knock down 10 threes in a JV game, you're doing something. Absolutely. You have the ability to shoot. And um, Carson's another guy you mentioned, kind of like with Josh while ago, is going to get a lot of open looks this right. year. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to put pressure on him, but I'm expecting a lot out of Carson this year. Uh, looking at him to be the, uh, the the floor general, he's going to have to run the point for us. Uh, he can score. Uh, he's uh, he's good off the dribble. He can get to the hole. Uh, he can knock the three down if he's left open. Uh, again, one of the big things is he, uh, you know, Basically, Carson's waited for this time. This is his time to step up, and uh, it's going to be, uh, I think, the first couple of games I've even talked to him about it, it's going to be some growing pains. Just again, because we talked about the speed and the strength. But uh, I have no doubt in my mind that as the season progresses, Carson is only going to get better, and uh, I see some big things out of Carson this year as well. Well, and I definitely think Carson's more than capable of, you know, handling the role because I think one thing about Carson is that I've noticed, and um, I think he has a lot of self-confidence. Absolutely. I think Carson believes in himself. I think Carson knows he can knock down the open shot. And when he's going to get open looks because of the attention Justin draws, I think he's going to knock those down. The one area that I think Carson, you know, can help you in is taking care of the ball, mm -hmm. get you in an offense, running the offense, making solid passes, you know, turning the ball over, you know, a limited amount of times. And if he does that, knocks down open shots, and I think you're getting – all you need out of and, Carson. And just the other day in practice, Carson had a, a rough stretch, about three or four possessions. He uh, made a couple of bad passes, and, you know, I think uh, he ended up dribbling one off his leg and went out of bounds. And anyway, he had a few turnovers, and I could tell he was getting down. And I just pulled him aside, put my arm around him and said, listen, you're the point guard. Point guards are going to make mistakes. Point guards are going to have turnovers. You've got to play through that. And once Carson learns to play through those mistakes and play through the turnovers, He's going to be fine. And that's a lesson I think all high school kids need to learn is I don't know how many times as a coach I've seen guys on my own team or opposing turn the ball over and want to just stop and pout. Yeah. If you stop and pout just for a fraction of a second, your guy's scoring on the other right. end. So, you know, like you said, mistakes, turnovers are a part of the game. They're going to happen. It's how we respond to those turnovers that makes us – you know, builds our character or makes us a stronger player. Um, two guys that I think you're going to – rely some on this year and play a little bit because, you know, numbers are an issue this year. When you lose seven or eight in a program, it's hard to bring that back as far from a number standpoint. But uh, Jacob Burton's a kid who's got a lot of skill. Um, J Jacob can knock down shots. He's grown a couple inches. I walked in the gym, you know, just maybe last week or a week and a half ago, and he's dunking two-handed. I think he's worked harder in the weight room, but he's got the skill level that I think he could average 10 to 12, maybe even 15 points a game at the high school level. And the big thing with Jacob uh, is his uh, confidence. Once he gets the confidence in himself, I said, once Jacob Burden realizes how good he can be and he reaches that potential, it could be scary. He could be one of the better players to come out of Robertson County and it's just he's got to reach that potential, and I think a lot of it is just his confidence. And I think Jacob needs to realize that himself. Right. You and, know, and I've, to I've told him that a thousand times. Coach, I remember last year one time during a JV game, um, and we all know that Jacob's a quiet, well-mannered, um, doesn't speak a whole lot, not very vocal. Um, I remember during a JV game one time I put my arm around him, and I said to him, you're the best player on the floor dominate this basketball game. Go get that rebound. You're athletically superior to everybody else on the floor. Go up and grab that rebound. Put it in. You know, dominate the game. And like you said, we know he has that ability. But Jacob's got to know and understand he has that ability. And, and, and when he realizes it, right. you're going to see a big step. And the thing is, his teammates know it too. Sure. I mean, I know last year um, a couple of the guys that graduated would come to me and said, you know, why won't Jacob just take over? Why is Jacob playing timid? You know, we know his ability. Why isn't he assertive? Well, assertive, aggressive, you know, that's all personality stuff. But when Jacob finally gets in that varsity game and he realizes, I'm just as good as these guys out here, I think his confidence will rise. I think you're going to see a big step 
from Jacob Burton. Well, I'll give you one example. This summer we were at Moorhead and we were playing Marion County with James Jewell. And Jacob, two or three possessions, went right at James Jewell, scored or rebounded, whatever. He, but, I mean, he did what he needed to do and then he kind of disappeared for three or four possessions. We call a timeout and as a coach, you know, I don't like my players arguing with each other, but two or three of them basically just stood up and said, Jacob, you know, they, they were getting on him. And I just kind of sat back and let them kind of coach him. And, and then when I looked at Jacob, I said, Jacob, they've got faith in you. I've got faith in you. And they're telling you the truth when you realize how good. And I said, you're going against James Jewell right now, and you're you're scoring against him. You know, they should tell you a little something. And he just, uh, I mean, he's he's got the ability, and he's got a gift that a lot of players don't have. Yeah, James Jewell, uh, who most consider the number one ranked player in the class of 22. Um as I think he's decided to go the JUCO route, but he's got some mid-major D1 offers. So um, Jacob has the ability to play with anybody on the floor. Right. Jacob has to believe, and I remember saying one year, and I think we talked about this, I wish Jacob believed in himself the way we believe right. in him. And, you know, this year he's going to get more varsity time. You know, he's going to be one guy you pencil in the starting lineup. And I think with more – when he realizes he's a varsity starter and he gets in there and plays, his confidence is going to grow. You know, he's going to grow. Um, Noah Bustle, um, who is a kid that you never have to worry about his effort. You never have to worry about what he's going to bring to the table. Um, I know uh, Noah's one of those kids that's giving you 110, 110% of the time. He's going to D up, you know, the length of the floor. He's going to play extremely hard. Um, he came in the room today, and I think Brady said something. Um, you ready to go tonight, Bustle? And he always said was, I'm ready to clamp down. I'm ready to come. He doesn't talk about offense. He doesn't talk about scoring 20 points. He's almost like one of those guys, role players every coach wants that knows he's a defensive specialist and doesn't care if he ever shoots right. a shot. Well, I mean, you can liken Noah to the Energizer Bunny. He's just going to keep going and going and going. Uh, is he the the most gifted? Uh, is he the most gifted uh, offensively? No. Uh, but what uh, Noah makes up for, where the, some of the things that he lacks in is the effort, the 110%. Uh, I'll be. Uh, I'll just tell you right now, if it comes down to defense and we need to clamp on somebody, Noah's going to be the guy doing it. Uh, he, he just he has a motor. He will not stop. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he brings energy to the floor, and the other guys feed off that energy, and uh, it, uh, it causes good things to happen out there. I just remember playing in um, high school – we had a kid on our team that was very similar to a Noah Bustle, and his name was Philip Hargett. Well, Philip always had to guard me in practice, and I just remember thinking, I don't like him guarding me. I can't even stand over here on the wing and wait for a pass without him being all up in me. You know, like, why you got to try so hard? Back up, yeah. man. Every, every team has one of those, and it, always, and it seemed like when I was in high school, that guy always guarded me and just aggravate, or you get in a ball game, and that guy would be the guy that would guard you. It just would aggravate the time out of And that's what I was getting at, aggravation. And yeah. I think Noah has the ability to aggravate the person he's guarding mm -hmm. to the point to where you cause the offensive player to be frustration that you may result in a technical on them or even an offensive foul or something just because, you know, it's tough in high school when somebody's guarding you and in your face and around you and pressuring you 30 Two minutes a game, you know, 84 feet or however long the floor is, it's just it's aggravating. And yeah. Noah has the ability to help your team just by, you know, clamping down or playing that defense. And like I said, every coach loves to have those guys that just want to play defense. And, and Noah, Noah's that guy for our team. All right, Coach, uh, let's talk about your schedule a little bit. A um, couple things I just want to talk about. Um, I'm very envious of December 4th. You get a chance to take the Robertson County Black Devils to Marshall County for the Marshall County Hoop Fest. Marshall County Hoop Fest just isn't a, a statewide tournament. It's nationwide. I know right. there's teams from California, and they always bring in teams who have probably a top five or top ten player in the nation. And I do know that the number one player in the class who just recently committed Kentucky is Shaden Sharp. His team will be at the Marshall County Hoop Fest. Thankfully, we're not playing them. <laughs> Um, however, we do have a tough opponent in Murray, which I don't really care who the opponent is. Playing in the Marshall County Hoop Fest is something that, you know, every high school kid should dream of. And kudos for you for making it happen. Well, Coach, I just uh, – I can't take a lot of credit for it. Uh, back in August, uh, the athletic director from Marshall County sent me an email and said, uh, hey, we would love to have your team come down and, and play Murray. Uh, Murray 
is a first region uh, all-A team, but uh, very, very solid. They got beat by McCracken in the finals of the uh, first region last year. So, uh, you know, I've likened the Marshall County Hoop Fest. It's it's prestigious. To get invited to it, you just – it doesn't happen very often. And for a school the size of Rupp's County to get invited, it it's few and far between. So, you know, we, we jumped on it quick, uh, seized the moment. Uh, the thing is, you know, probably aside from the Sweet 16, it's probably one of the more – that and I'll put the uh, bluegrass uh, or uh, the the is it the Lex the king of the bluegrass king of the bluegrass what I'm trying to say king of the bluegrass Louisville and the Republic Bank Classic in uh, Lexington Catholic over the Christmas so I will put those four as the, the premier events in the state the state tournament obviously being the number one but uh, when uh, we got that email uh, it was a no brainer that uh, we were going to do it so we're excited uh, get to go down play in uh, Marshall County's gym uh, we're going to hang around for a little bit, watch a couple of the other games. I think we're going to hang around and watch Marshall and North Gwinnett, Georgia play, and then uh, Ballard play prolific prep out of California. So, you know, it's going to be a neat experience for our boys, and uh, we get to do that. So, you know, that doesn't come along very often, so we had to do it. No, and any time you get the opportunity to play in the Marshall County Hoop Fest, you don't care who your opponent is. No. You know, and – uh, kudos for Marshall County for, you know, we'll by far be the smallest school down there. You know, we have, you know, maybe a hundred in our high school. You know, I do thank them for allowing us to match up against Murray, another class A opponent, but a class A opponent who's been pretty darn they're, good they're the last solid, few years. So, but, you know, the Marshall County Hoop Fest is something that these boys can, you know, look back on. 10, 15 years from now and say, hey, we got to play in that. And that's something big. Um, looking at the schedule, there's something else I feel really unique. Um, on December 11th, we're planning. When I say we, I mentioned Robertson County. You, well, you are, still say we. You're I still, still say we because you know I just yeah. you know this will always be home for me. Um, but on December 11th, you got a doubleheader playing a um, playing a Shawnee at Jefferson Town at 1 p.m. and then waiting around, maybe get some lunch, kind of hang out a little bit. Then you're playing St. Francis at 6:30. You know, very few high school teams get the opportunity to play a doubleheader on the same day. Right. Well, that kind of came along, too, by accident. We were uh, already scheduled to play St. Francis at uh, that evening in Louisville, and uh, we got an email from Jeffersontown asking us to come play in the uh, Gaslight Shootout, another, you know, top event where they want to bring top players in. And uh, they said, you know, we'd like for you to come down. So we got lucky and realized, hey, we could pull this off. So we're going to do that 1 o'clock game, take a little break, and then play the 6 o'clock. So we're kind of playing an AAU schedule that day. Well, it kind of likens me to last year when we did the NBA schedule of <laughs> Buckhorn coming to Robertson on Friday night and us traveling to Buckhorn on Saturday night. Right. So um, very creative scheduling by you and A.D. Rodney Massey. But, um, you know, I'll just – you know, you mentioned, you know, the Gaslight Shootout being one of the premier. It ranks right up there, and I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about or mention how prestigious the itty-bitty trees and trends. Well, that uh, the itty-bitty trees and trends, we, we did that back in, what was it, 16, December of 16, 17? First year you were coaching, uh, down at, it was in Benton, Benton. and, uh, you know, I tried to duplicate that. The only thing is we couldn't get the Christian Fellowship, so we have to go across the road. To Marshall County. So. Well, I mean, there's not much difference between Marshall County Hoop Fest and the Eddie Bitty Trees and I will Trans. say they did have the best logo, the Slamming oh, Santa. Slam and Santa. Yeah. I still wear that polo. I mean, but I, I look at it as my Christmas shirt. You know, that's about the only Christmas shirt I we, have. We need to do a podcast just on the Benton trip sometime. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but, you know, these kids over the last five or six years of Robertson County have had the opportunity to play in some neat events, you know, the Hoosier gym and, yeah. you know, the Marsh County hoop fest this year as well. So, you know, kudos to you guys for getting that to happen because these kids will remember that for a lifetime. Um, then, you know, the Christmas tournament playing in the Swagger holiday classic at Bellevue. That's a Christmas tournament that's been around a while. Um, I looked at the field this year and kind of, my eyes widened because in years past, I look at the Swagger Classic as one of those uh, tournaments that were mainly Class A schools, and right. it gave a lot of Class A schools a chance to have a tournament, you know, compete. And I look at your first-round opponent, I see Covington Holy Cross. Yeah, Holy Co Cross pops up there. I mean, well, Covington Holy Cross just had a point guard, Jacob Meyer, just signed with Western Kentucky right. this week. So um, that's going to be a strong opponent. But um, – the Swagger Holiday Classic is still one of those events that's been around a while and allows your guys an opportunity to play in a Christmas tournament, kind of close to home, but also get some good competition. And, Coach, you look at it, I always, you know, 
break the season down into three parts. You got uh, you got to Christmas, play your Christmas tournament, kind of finish it, first phase of the season. And that's kind of give you a snapshot of, of where you're at and what you need to work on. And then uh, you got a few weeks to prep, and then you got the All-A. That's the second part of the season. And after the All-A, then, you know, your, your, your focus is for the district. And I think uh, from uh, the first game to Christmas, we've got a pretty tough schedule. Uh, we're going to have some games we're going to win. We're going to have some games we're going to be competitive. And there may be a couple that we take some bumps in, but I think it's only going to make us better because, uh, you know, the first season doesn't mean a whole lot. It's that second one we want that to go at the All-A and then that third season going for another district title. So, And that's kind of what Lamont Campbell talked about for Bourbon County last time when I had a chance to talk to him. You know, He talked about coming off a 4-16 and 16 record. Or most coaches, you know, when you're coming off four wins, you want to schedule some wins in there. You know, I looked at his schedule, and I feel it may be one of the tougher schedules in the region. And, you know, he's like, you know, I see the bigger prize. You know, we're not playing – to get 20 wins. I can get a schedule together for 20 wins. Right. We're going to get bumped in the first round of the district. Yeah. I see the bigger picture where we got to be challenged. we got to make us better. And if we improve and we get better from playing a tough schedule, wins will come and we'll ultimately have more success in the postseason. And I think you have a schedule that can definitely prepare you for the postseason. Um, you mentioned the LA. Um, you got a tough – you're on the right side of the bracket in my eyes. When I ranked the teams in the 10th, I feel like Augusta bracketing – and Bishop Brossert are three of the favorites for that tournament, and they're all three on the same side. And it's going to be a fun bracket to watch. And I will go ahead and predict that the winner of you and Calvary, I think, will be in the finals. I, I and, agree with you. And once you get to the finals, we we know from 2018. On paper, we shouldn't have been in the game with Paris. There's 32 minutes, anything can happen. So you get to the finals and you got right. Justin Becker, you know, right. you have a good opportunity. But, you know – I know Bratton County's hosting the All-A, and I know you've told me three or four times of what happened. That don't mean I agree with it or like it, but um, you got the tough pill, drew the tough pill, and not only do you open up with Calvary Christian, who in my eyes is one of the more underrated teams in the 10th, not the All-A, but the 10th, with one of the most underrated coaches Absolutely. in the 10th. You know, we know Orlando gets his guys ready to go, and Calvary is a totally different team on the road than they are at home. They drew, I guess they drew one peel to decide one game will be played away from Bracken County. We happen to draw that peel, so we will play Calvary at Calvary in the right. LA. Yeah, and you know that's just you know that's the way the draw goes. You got you got to play it the way it the way it rolls. But uh, anytime you play a Calvary Christian team, you better be ready to go. Uh, Orlando Donaldson, I'll put him up against any coach in the region. Uh, the guy the guy knows how to get the most out of his players, like you said. Uh, last year, you just look at the All-A. Augusta had a, a, a great team. Go down there the first round and play at Calvary and get beat. And then we come down here, or Calvary comes down here, and we handle them pretty easy. You can't tell me that we're, uh, us and Augusta would be matched up that way. It would have been a dogfight. So Calvary is a dangerous place to go play. And uh, I'll agree with you 100%. I think whoever wins that game between us and Calvary will be sitting in the championship game. I just hope it's us. And, and I, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think it can. I think, you know, by the time January 7th rolls around, I think you're going to have some good games under your belt that's going to push you and challenge you. You know, I've talked to Coach Donaldson before, and he knows, you know, stopping Justin Becker is no easy task. Right. But they also have a couple solid players of their own. But after the Class A tournament, um, you have a few district games. You know, we see now, so we play every district opponent twice, but you throw in Augusta in there. Between a Pendleton and a Harrison County, you know, Augusta, who my eyes is a top five team in the region, right. well coached with Coach Henson. Um, then you got Buckhorn at home. You got a Round County game coming down the stretch. You go to Buckhorn, which we know how tough that is from last year. Then you end the season with Bracken, Fleming, and Calvary on the road again. Right. So not only do you get to play Calvary twice this year, you get to play Calvary twice <laughs> at Calvary. Right. So for uh, the kudos I give you for the uh, great scheduling early on. I want to take that back and retract and say that's poor scheduling and playing them twice at Calvary. Although I do know and understand that the All-A was right. something that, you know, couldn't be prevented. So I do think the back half of your schedule there will prepare you for the district tournament. The back half will definitely prepare us. And the back half is going to be pretty much the most important of the season because uh, five of the, I believe five of the six district games are played after the All-A. I think we got Nicholas before Christmas. And then after that, everything else is on that back end. So, you know, it's going to be a quick turnaround. You play, uh, you'll play Nicholas one more time, play Pendleton twice, play Harrison twice, 
And within a week or two, you'll be turning around and playing them again in the district. So it's going to be a quick turnaround on that. It will. And, you know, some some coaches don't like to play district teams that late in the season. But sometimes when you have a schedule, your hands are really tied. Right. Sometimes you don't really have a choice. But uh, And now with the All-A and then with uh, Pendleton and Harrison in the 2A, you know, it kind of the mid-January is kind of locked up with those tournaments. Right. And, uh, all right, Coach, before you go – I know you got a big scrimmage tonight. It's the first one. You mentioned earlier how your kids are really excited to get an opportunity to go against someone not wearing red and black. Mm-hmm. Um, Manchester's going to bring a team in here. Tell me what you want to see or what you're hoping to see tonight in your scrimmage. Uh, the big thing is I just want to see uh, the cohesiveness of the team, the chemistry that we have. Uh, you know, it's going to be a good uh, view to kind of a gauge to let us see what we need to work on. Uh, I want to see our, our, how our defense is looking. It's been looking pretty good in practice, but, of course, you know, you kind of get complacent. So uh, going against a, a fresh uh, fresh blood there is going to be a, a nice mark. And then uh, offensively, I'm just wanting to see, of course, you know, Justin should probably have 25 to 30 points. It's just seeing how these other guys respond and step up in varsity action. So uh, see these younger guys is what I'm most excited about to see how they respond. And then uh, we'll get back into gym tomorrow to work over a few things. Then we'll turn around on uh, Saturday and go to Harrison and play Menifee County in a scrimmage. So I kind of set up like it's to kind of get it like a game type week in the regular season. So that way uh, we can, you know, come back, see what we need to work on, game prep, and then go right back into another one. Well, I really like how, you know, after the, the scrimmage tonight, you get a couple of days of practice. You get those two days of practice to work on what you feel maybe some of your weaknesses were, then you get back on the floor really quick again to see if you've really improved on those weaknesses. But I really like is you've got both of your scrimmages kind of early in November. You'll know on next Monday, um, November 15th, you will know – is that right, November 15th? No. You play on – yeah, the 10th and 13th, correct, your scrimmages? Uh, Yeah. 10th and 13th, yeah. Yeah, so you'll know next Monday, the 15th of November, what you do – or what you need to work on for two weeks before you open up at Augusta. Right. That gives you two weeks to work on those areas. So uh, I like that. I like that approach. I also like that you've got two uh, schools coming in here that's going to give you, you know, I know you go to Harrison and get Menifee County, and I know Coach Schwartz, and he'll have his team ready that's to right. go. But, and they've got a, one of the top players around that. Uh, can't think of the kid's name, but he played on Griffin Elite. Uh, okay. Average 22, 23 game, points a game last year. I want to say Johnson's his last name. I, I, I've, I've been looking at so much stuff, names are running together. But. Right, but what I'm saying, though, is you got two teams that's going to give you different looks. Absolutely. You know, I've not been into practice. I try to stay away because I don't well, want to miss it. You're more than welcome anytime. <laughs> but I don't want to miss it because if I start missing it, I want to be around. You know, I'm enjoying what I'm doing with the podcast. I appreciate all you guys coming on. But um, it's, it's really, you know – when I see you tonight, I'm going to see for the first time. So I'm going to see the different looks that these teams provide you. And, you know, then, you know, you'll be able to work on those. But, uh, Coach, it's getting close to about 5.15. I know you got a scrimmage here. I do want to thank you for coming on, dedicating time on a day when you can be home with your family. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. Well, Coach, I appreciate it. I appreciate your friendship and the uh, the times we had. We're going to have to write a book or do some podcasts on some of the adventures we had so but uh, thank you for everything you do and continue to do for us and uh glad to be here uh that was coach aaron massey of the robertson county black devils thank you guys at home for listening and as always stay tuned and stay hot